Hello, blessed people of God. You are listening to Limitless, a podcast on faith, life, and growth. And I am your host, Ifenua Moreni Care. Guys, if this is your first time listening, over here on Limitless, we give you the tips and the tools you need to navigate life as a young person in Christ because the journey is not easy. But we are here for you, okay? That's why we have this podcast so we can learn, grow, and be limitless together and if this isn't your first time then welcome back to the podcast on today's episode we are getting into a little juicy topic something i have been mentioning a lot like if you guys remember i've been saying oh we're gonna have a whole topic a whole episode on sexual purity but had i gotten around to it Mm, nah i haven't until now until now so let's get into today's episode shall we so guys sexual purity there's a lot. Guys, this topic is, is hefty. First of all, the fact that many of us, no, I'm not saying many of us, because the fact that you're listening to this episode means that you're not shunning, shying away from the topic. But let's say the church in general shies away from the topic of sex. It's like a nasty, dirty thing. But technically, God created this activity. This activity is actually a very beautiful opportunity for husband and wife to build intimacy or physical closeness. But outside of that, yeah, it's it's not a good thing. Outside of the confines of marriage and that union, it is not supposed to be done. Thing is, we have many misconceptions about sexual purity in itself. So we know sex is meant for marriage. What about sexual purity? Because we have a lot of misconceptions. So that's what we're going to get into into today's episode. Some misconceptions about sexual purity. We're going to get into why it's important. Why does God want us to stay sexually pure? Like, why does it matter? Why does God care about what I do with my body? And then, of course, one of the most important parts, how to stay sexually pure. Anyway, so let's get into the first few things, some of the major misconceptions. Now, I've got a couple of notes here, so you guys can feel free to write it down for later reference, to share with someone, to just keep, for keeping sake, to just take up some storage in your phone, whatever, whatever you want to do. But let's just start off with these four major misconceptions about sexual purity. Number one, sometimes we think sexual purity is simply the abstinence from intercourse itself. Now, I want to just read this scripture because... Most of us should already know the scripture, but I want to read it out anyway. That's Matthew 5, 28. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Meaning, simply by looking at someone lustfully, a person can be committing sexual sin in their heart. So what this means is before getting physical, before the physical aspect of sexual purity, purity starts from the heart. It's more than physical abstinence. Because a person can abstain from sex itself, but still struggle with lustful thoughts. They can still struggle with porn. They can still struggle with masturbation. They can still struggle with impure thoughts and impure activities or impure desires. And that's the issue with this purity culture. People carry so much on the physical, the physical, the physical. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm a good girl. I'm a virgin. I'm this. But the things you're doing outside of that, watching pornography, masturbating, consuming just a lot of sexual content, being very lustful, having these lustful images in your head constantly, that is an aspect of sexual purity. What is going through your mind constantly? What are you feeding yourself, feeding your mind constantly? What are you listening to? And are these encouraging the impure thoughts and impure desires? So that's number one. Sometimes we think sexual purity is simply the abstinence from intercourse. It is not. Sexual purity or purity in general starts from the heart. Is your heart pure? Number two, it's okay to do everything around sex, but not actually have sex. Eesh, this is a this is a sticky one. I'm not gonna lie, I am not going to lie. Up till the age of 
15, 16. This was my, this was my mindset. Okay, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna be so, I'm gonna be so transparent. I already had in my mind that, you know, I, I, I'm gonna abstain, yes, but anything around is not a big deal, is it? Especially because at this time, I, I didn't have a relationship with God like that. I was Christian, I identified as Christian, but in terms of having a relationship with God, nah, not really. So I was like, you know, I do everything around it, that's all right, just not the main, main thing. And when I mean around, I mean everything around it, apart from the main thing. The thing is, regardless of what you were doing, you're still encouraging that lustful desire. And you know the risk of this thing? It's like you're trying to get as close to the fire as possible, but you don't get burnt. So let's assume the fire is fornication, right? You want to get as close to fornication as possible, you don't want to get burnt. What if you accidentally fall in? Because once it gets hot and steamy, you're like, nah, nah, we're not going to do, we're not going to do it eventually it's very close for you to fall into the fire also if you're not up to 18 maybe you should not listen to this podcast oh i don't know i don't know actually should should people under 18 listen to this episode i don't know because this generation i feel like people pretty young we're talking about very like early teens people are already getting sexually active so yes if you're under 18 but you have an understanding of sexual purity to an extent then feel free to listen if this episode is a bit too much for you you can take a break from this episode but be sure to listen to the other episodes i have because they can also benefit you but sorry i just had to put that disclaimer up but i do pray it's a blessing to everyone that is listening and does feel okay talking about this okay okay so don't test your boundaries don't test temptation you don't want to fall into sin but you are dangling you're dancing around it you're flirting with it that's the statement i've heard that thing you're flirting with sin but once it captures you, you may not be able to let go. Once that feeling of lust captures you, you not be able to, you may not be able to say no, especially in that moment. Now, are you going to have the feelings? Yes, you're a human being. But it's not for you to encourage those feelings and to do things that will push you closer and closer to sexual sin. Because it's a matter of time you'll get burnt. You're trying to abstain from sex, but you're literally getting as close to it as possible without being burnt by the repercussions. And the thing is, as you get closer and closer, the temptation only increases. Because innocent small acts can actually invoke strong feelings of lust very quickly. I'm talking about a kiss. You're making fun of those people that say, I'm not kissing before marriage. Maybe that's what needs to be done in order to completely avoid sexual sin. Not everybody's self-control levels are the same. Not everybody has the same level of self-discipline and self-control. And it takes maturity to identify that and to put boundaries in place to save yourself from sexual sin. It's okay to say, I don't have enough self-control to say I can kiss somebody and it won't develop into something else. I'm going to just try and abstain from that. Maybe at the altar we have our first kiss. Is that weird? Maybe. For you. But for somebody else, that may be what you need to do. That may be the kind of restrictions you put in place. And that's okay. Some people don't give full hugs. Have you seen those church hugs? Side hugs? That's Let me tell you, don't make fun of those people. They know what they're doing. They understand themselves. So that's okay. If you know you can't do full front hugs without getting a bit, you know aroused then maybe you shouldn't do full front hugs until you find the one so that's number two it's okay to do everything around sex but not actually have sex that is another misconception which is wrong number three you have to wait out these feelings until marriage no the devil knows you're trying to remain sexually pure okay so he's gonna throw everything he's gonna throw people things feelings into your life temptations to distract you and make you fall so if you're struggling with lustful thoughts and desires while single let me tell you, that's before marriage, right? Even after marriage, that struggle will still be maintained. You need to nip the, what's the, what's the statement? Nip the something in the bud. Nip the, nip the what? I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> nip the something in the bud, okay? We have to nip it in the bud. 
if you're struggling with sexual thoughts, don't say, okay, I just have to suppress these feelings until I find the one, until I find, because immediately you enter into that relationship, the devil's going to ride on that struggle. That little opening you have, that uncontrollable opening you have to sexual desire, he's going to ride on that and make sure that you fall. So you need to deal with sexual sin now. You need to be able to fight that uncontrollable desire now. That means shielding your eyes, shielding your ear gates, shielding yourself, shielding your mind to anything that will inflict lust and then praying to the Holy Spirit for self-control. This is even before marriage or this is before even a relationship. Because it's very obvious. You may think, uh uh-uh, a married man, why would you be cheating? Don't you have a wife if you like sleep with her from morning to night? That person is struggling with sexual lust now. They didn't deal with it before marriage. So now they entered the marriage, they thought it would solve it. It does not solve jack. You struggle with sexual sin before, you're going to struggle with it after. The only difference now is that you're married. So people shun it more. Nip it in the bud now. You're struggling with sexual desires before a relationship. Don't think, oh, should be I'm not in a relationship, it's still okay. No, sort it out now. You're battling with porn and masturbation. Marriage is not going to fix that. Sort it out now. Go to counselling now. Deal with the spiritual side and the demons that have been allowed into your life through sexual sin now. Don't wait till marriage to think that a piece of paper or a pretty lady or, or a fine guy is going to change that. No. If you're struggling with it, sort it out now. So that's number three. You have to wait out these feelings till marriage. Number four, once you're falling into temptation, there is no going back. Definitely, definitely, definitely not. For people that have, let's even look outside of sexual temptation. Anyone that has sinned, you've gone to God for forgiveness, genuinely, openly, honestly. Let me tell you, God is going to forgive you. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he'll forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Yes, that includes sexual sin. That includes lying, that includes stealing, that includes deception, that includes sexual sin. But that is only if you go to God. You don't try and hide in front of him. You bear out all of your, your sin. You show him yourself. You tell him the truth. What I did was wrong, but I've come to you, God, for forgiveness. And he'll forgive you once we confess. Sometimes you fall into sexual sin. You know, we're human beings. Sin is sin at the end of the day. But sometimes this happens. But the more you stay in condemnation, the further you are from the forgiveness of God. If you stay in that circle of condemnation and feel shame, you're depriving yourself from freedom in the forgiveness of Christ. That feeling is not of God. Conviction is of the Holy Spirit. Condemnation is of the devil. The devil wants you to stay condemned because he knows for you to get freedom, you need to go in front of Christ and bear all. He wants you, God wants you to feel convicted of your sin and live better, not to stay in condemnation and feel guilt and shame. So talk about your struggles. Maybe you can seek wise counsel that can help you through those struggles. That includes sexual sin, porn, masturbation, etc, etc. Thank God of the generation we live in because there are actually so many more resources and people are, so, are much more open to discuss these things in the body of believers. Like these addictions that you couldn't discuss years ago, now people are openly discussing them. Christians are openly discussing them, having more means and mediums of healing from these things. You don't have to be trapped in sexual sin. There is freedom. But you have to be honest with yourself. And you need to bear all in front of God. So that's number four. Once you're falling in temptation, there is no going back. That is a lie. There is always going back with Christ. Always. So then let's move on to the next side. Why do we need to stay sexually pure? Why does it matter? Who cares? Why does God care about my body? All right. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 8. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in a passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. So that's 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and I believe I stopped at verse 6. 
why is it important to stay sexually pure? It's his will for us. Because at the end of the day, the reason we are Christian is to live for the will of God and his purpose, not our own. It's to be sanctified and pure in him. And part of this purity is abstaining from sexual immorality because our bodies are temples of God. We are temples that carry the Holy Spirit. So the same way it says will for us not to lie, not to steal, not to murder, sexual purity is a requirement, not an option. It is an instruction, a direct instruction. In order to live within his will, we need to remain sexually pure. Meaning no fornication. Meaning not encouraging those feelings of lust. And I think what we need to understand is God put this in place for our own benefit. So we don't carry spiritual baggage from multiple sexual partners into a marriage. You think that God has been mean, why is he making us abstain, that oh, isn't sex a good thing? Da, 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 da. He doesn't want us to carry the baggage from all these different sexual partners into a marriage. Sex isn't just physical, it is actually very, very spiritual. And there is a soul tie that you gain with someone that you are intimate with. A soul tie. Intimacy shouldn't just be shared with anyone. Because it can make you emotionally attached to someone. Especially, you're emotionally attaching yourself to someone that is not your husband or not your wife. Why would you do that to yourself? That would just cause so much baggage. As much as you want to leave a person and move on to the next person, you've carried an aspect of this other person into this new relationship. And you don't even know the spirit that you're inviting into your life through this person. You don't know their background. You don't know what they're carrying. You've attached that spirit to yourself. So that's number one. The reason God wants us to stay sexually pure, it's part of his will for us to live. Then number two, sex is actually a beautiful gift that God has created for marriage. There is nothing wrong with sex in the right context. I know it rhymes. <laughs> but it's true. My sister kind of jokes whenever I say this thing. But it's very, very true. It is a beautiful gift. Yes, these TV shows and movies just make it as a hobby. They trivialize it. They make it seem like just give it to anyone. If I'm hungry for it, let me get it. That's not how it should be. It's actually a very beautiful aspect of marriage. It allows so much intimacy. And why would you be sharing such a profound thing with any person that comes your way? God doesn't want this beautiful thing he's given to a husband and wife to be devalued. Your body is precious. So why are you giving your body to anyone that makes your eyes tingle or makes your body tingle? You give yourself to them, but you carry way too much value for that. Way too much value. You're created in the image of God. We're royal priesthoods. We're called out of darkness into his light. We're a chosen generation. You're precious in the eyes of God and you are valuable. Now I'm not saying that those of you who have had a sexual past are now devalued because there's always renewal in Christ. But now that you are renewed, do not go back to that old life. Don't just give yourself to anyone that makes you tingle. And I know I keep saying that thing, but I, that's the only way I guess I can picture it. Just makes you tingle. Because, <laughs> you know, tingling, that tingly feeling, it happens to, yes, it happens to, to even the most spiritual people. The tingles, especially when you're at our age, this age, your late teens, early 20s, you know, that time when these things, these feelings are really, they're, they're coming up. So no one is saying you may not get them, but how do you handle them? So that's number two. Sex is a beautiful gift and he wants you to share that with the person he has ordained for you to share it with. That's number two. Number three, God has a purpose for our sexual purity to remain sanctified for his glory. So I mentioned this briefly in the last point. We need to get rid of this silly mindset of I can do what I want. It's my body. When you came to Christ, that's number one. You submitted yourself to Christ. 
Your body is now a temple of God. It's no longer a tool of the enemy or the tool of the world. It is now the temple of God. You know, that's what the media portrays. Oh, this is my truth. It's my body. I can do what I want. No, no. Maybe for those people, Sha, but for us in Christ, our body is the temple of God. We are Christians because we believe that our Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins and is our Lord and Savior. So that means we have been redeemed back to Christ at a price. So our bodies are not our own. Our bodies are temples of God. Okay, let me just read 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. We have been bought with the blood of Jesus. So actually our body is not ours. It is the temple of God, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. And because we are the temple of God, everything we do, our bodies must glorify God. If we commit sexual immorality, we're sinning against our own bodies. So then that is for why is it so important? I'm going to run through this at the end. And then lastly, how do we stay sexually pure? First of all, stop giving your flesh more power than it deserves. Yes, you're feeling the tingles, okay? Yes, even me, Madam Podcaster, feels the tingles, okay? <laughs> I'm not even going to lie over here. But I don't give my flesh the power. I don't give the tingles the power to control me. The only person or the only being that should have power over your actions is the Holy Spirit. That's why we die to self. And you know the funny thing is, your flesh does not follow a person to hell. Or, like I heard this thing, your flesh does not follow a person to hell or heaven. So honestly, it does not care. It will want to act based on how it feels. But your spirit remains. Your soul remains. And because of this, it wants you to stay on the right path. It doesn't want to go to hell. Your spirit wants to go to heaven. And so it's not that flesh that will just, at the end of the day, when it's time for us to leave this earth, it will stay in the ground. It really doesn't care. It shouldn't be now that flesh that leads you into sin. Submit to the Holy Spirit and his leading. Because he will guide you out of sin. But you need to submit to him. When it comes to sin, we have two options. We either submit to the Holy Spirit or we live based on tingles. We live based on flesh. Thank God that God is a God that has given us choice. The only problem is many times we make the wrong choice. And then number two, very, very important, set practical boundaries. Now, boundaries in terms of what you watch, what you listen to, what you consume, boundaries with what you discuss. Sometimes discussing sexual, like having sexual conversations that they're not edifying, they're not teaching you anything. You don't need to be a part of those kind of conversations because honestly, those conversations can bring up certain thoughts and certain images in your mind that you really don't need to be having. They're not helping your journey. They're not helping your growth. They're not helping your abstinence. And then within relationships, set practical boundaries. So maybe, and I mentioned this, maybe avoid kissing or long hugs. Maybe if it's that deep or maybe you should avoid front hugs, like hugging chest to chest and do like the side church hugs. That's okay. Another thing, don't go into each other's rooms. If you're going to be in a place, make sure people are around. Don't be in a room alone because tensions can rise. Yes, you guys have great intentions. You want to stay pure. But at the end of the day, you being by yourself at home, in your room, you guys are getting cuddly, getting cozy. That's not helping. Again, that's flirting with lust. That is flirting with lust. That is getting close to the fire and expecting not to be burnt. So even if you are in each other's homes, let there be someone around. And then, of course, don't tempt lust by saying things or doing things or encouraging things that could push you guys into sin. So set boundaries that you can actually keep. 
don't make unrealistic boundaries like we can't touch because anytime you do touch you'll be condemned by sin and then number three last one rely on the guidance of the holy spirit there is nothing you can do on this earth without the guidance of the holy spirit there is no way we can live in a manner to please god without the guidance of the holy spirit so you know if you rely on your flesh it will definitely overcome you if you're saying no i'm gonna try i'm gonna hold my legs together and try and abstain it's gonna fail you but with the Holy Spirit, he will lead you in the right direction and help you flee from sexual temptation. So then you pray to God, I need discipline. Holy Spirit, give me self-control. Give me the grace to submit to your will and not my will. Ask him to reveal his purpose behind sexual purity if you're still confused. Because sometimes if you're still confused and you don't understand, it's very hard for you to say, I want to practice something that I don't understand. I want to practice sexual purity, but I don't even understand sexual purity. So ask God to open up your heart, open up your mind. And then, of course, you need to submit to him. There's no point of him giving you these instructions and you're not submitting. Okay, so lovely, lovely people. I think we actually just came to the end of today's episode. I pray that is a blessing to you. I pray you learned a thing or two, um, wrote some stuff down, whether it's to keep up space in your phone or to actually learn. I do pray that it's been a blessing to you. And I pray that you share this episode with anyone that you think could really benefit from this episode. Anyway, guys, so... I will be with you guys next week again on a Thursday. Well, it depends based on your time zone. But um, for Nigerian time, it's a Thursday. For, I guess, other times, it's a Wednesday. So, guys, I will see you then. Do be sure to leave a review, leave a rating, and share with your loved ones. Bye, guys.